0: Hi everybody, welcome to my friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Shannon Swiger about her work in internal communications, specifically in the health realm. This is a bit different from the other podcast episodes that I've done in that it is about a totally different subject um, on a totally different thing. I occasionally will do each and every one of these from time to time so because I want to mix things up. Um, So anyway, feel free to give this a listen and, you know, let me know your thoughts and uh, yeah, enjoy. Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got involved in the disability community.
1: So my name is Shannon Swiger. I'm Director of Internal Communications at Novant Health, and I became involved with the disability community about five or six years ago, Um, and it really was, I was pregnant uh, with my first child and um, went in for some just kind of routine tests, the anatomy scan, and Anyways, through a long series of events, uh, found out that my daughter uh, has some disabilities. And so that was something I learned before she was born, um, and it was something that um She was born early and and has really played into our journey um, as being her mom and uh, has really brought me to learn a lot about the disability community and about her particular disability. She has a genetic syndrome that's called 22q11 deletion syndrome. She's missing a small part of her 22nd chromosome, and it really can affect everything in the body, and it's different in everyone, and um, that's one of the biggest things I've learned about the community is just how broad and diverse it is, even within, you know, one particular, um, uh, you know, syndrome, for example. Mm -hmm. So that was really how my journey started in this space.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks for explaining that to me, because I had no idea what that meant (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is a bit of a technical term and um, it's also known as DeGeorge syndrome, but like so many rare diseases, um, there are so many, but it's in fact not rare to have a rare disease. I think uh, it's one in 10 people maybe have a rare disease, but um, they have so many different names that, um, you know, there are a lot of different identities that can go with it.
0: Mm-hmm. My next question is that you worked for a disability business resource group. What was that all about?
1: That's a great question. So um, so in my my day job at Novant Health, I'm in charge of public relations and marketing uh, for our physician group. Um, But we also have the opportunity to participate in what are called business resource groups. And um, at other organizations, they're called employee resource groups, and really what that is, it's a, it's a group of um, employees who participate on a voluntary basis, and you can join a group um, if you identify with that group. For example, we have a veterans group, we have a women group, lots of different kind of dimensions of um, diversity it can be based on. And then we also have a disability group, and so right around the time that um, my daughter had been uh, diagnosed, and we were really going through some things with her medical treatments and things, I wanted to seek out some community, some community support, maybe find people who were going through um, similar things themselves or with their children, and so that's how I reached out and joined. Uh, the uh, Persons with Disabilities Business Resource Group at Novant Health, and then I ended up becoming leader of that group for three years and have just recently stepped down, but I'm still very active in the group but really it's a place for people to come together who they themselves have a disability or maybe they're a caregiver for someone with a disability or maybe just based on their job role um, it's just something that they have an interest in for example one of my colleagues she's the co-leader of the group Um, her background is in architecture and design and certainly accessibility of the built environment Um, that's something that's really important and that plays a role in her profession. So that was why she got involved. Uh, Another colleague was involved um, because she worked in the digital space and how do we make our websites and our applications um, accessible um, from a digital accessibility standpoint? So um, everybody kind of brings these different backgrounds and experiences together to make it a better experience for the people who work there who have a disability, but also for our community members and patients. Um, and that was really the lens that I brought to it because I saw how many doctor's appointments we were going to and we were just, we using the healthcare system a lot. And that helped me see some of the things that went well and maybe sometimes when it didn't go so well. And honestly, there were, there were opportunities. And so that's where we would really come together as a group to share our insights and experiences um, with our leaders um, to help advocate for um, making making changes or um, recognizing times when we need to bring in the voice of the community. For example, we stood up a group um, that is kind of like our business resource group, which is internal to the organization, but we set up a group that's of community members and um, patients and family members. It's an advisory council. It's called our Community Voice Disability Advisory Council because we really need to, we've heard the mantra, know the mantra, nothing uh, for us without us, nothing about us without us. And um, that's really what that group tries to embodies making sure when decisions are being made that you have the voice of people with disabilities at the table, people with lived experiences, they themselves or their family..
0: Mm-hmm. My next question is what made you want to go into the healthcare realm? like was that some sort? was that like a calling that you had? Did you have any family members who were in the healthcare realm? What was going on there?
1: Great question. I did. So I have several family members that are in healthcare. Um, I guess it probably started with my grandfather. He was actually a bit of a pioneer in open heart surgery. Um, he was the first open heart surgeon in the state of West Virginia. And he used to ride around on his motorcycle and cover the whole state. That was what he did. And and um, so I have aunts and uncles who are nurses and physicians and when I started, you know, when I was in college, I was taking all the science classes and it was something I was really interested in, but my skill set and passion has really always been around writing. And so that's where I found myself falling into this space of healthcare communications. And it's why I really love what I do because I get to tell the the story of all these people who are really Um, touching the lives of patients in so many different ways and have such a profound impact. And it's also something where there's always something new to learn about. Um, And so (laughs) I get bored really easily. So it's really uh, been something that has catered to my interests in that way. And then of course it has taken on an even deepened meaning um, now that i kind of navigating the healthcare system and using it like never before. Um, my experience and my work really played a role in helping me be a better advocate for my daughter and for the disability um, community more, more broadly than that. And my husband, he's also a physician, he's an adult cardiologist. Um, so kind of through all those different experiences, that's um, how I found myself. In, in healthcare.
0: Mhm. What are some of the stakeholders that you partner with closely? You know, you know, I know there there I know there I know that on the communication side of things there is something in the healthcare realm, so I'm wondering if you could explain that a little bit.
1: Sure, so there are so many different uh stakeholders. So in my role in internal communications, I'm primarily partnering with um, the people who are taking care of patients, so our nurses, our physicians, our therapists, um, and, and also the people who are interacting, um, maybe the person who's answering the phone at your doctor's office. Um, so, so many different people who interact with our patients. So That's really my primary job is to help make sure that they have the news and information that they need to do their job. And so part of that in my work with our business resource group has been making sure that um, there's a better understanding of how to um, care for people with disabilities and what accommodations they they may need. And so I'm actually working on a project right now where we're designing some education for our team members so that... Um, they have a better understanding of the do's and don'ts and can make uh, it a more inclusive experience for our patients and really try to address some of those um, pain points. And so that's one thing I'm working on right now in partnership with a group that's called Disability in North Carolina. They're a nonprofit, they're a chapter of the larger national Disability in organization which is really one of the primary partners with the business community from a disability inclusion standpoint. And so I serve on their board, um, but they also do a lot of work directly with Novant Health. Um, So that's just one example. I guess another example that um, comes to mind are, we have something that's called the communication aid toolkit or uh, CATS for short, Um, but they're kits that we try to have in all of our clinics and hospitals so that if a patient comes in who maybe is blind or low vision, deaf, hard of hearing, um, nonverbal, that there are some different tools in that kit to help improve communication with the care team. For example, we have um, amplifiers, we have some communication boards, um, we have magnets. So if you're walking into a patient's room and they speak ASL, you know, you're not going in there and and not speaking in their language. You're working with an interpreter. So those are just kind of a few examples. But I primarily work internally, um, but I have partners that I work with on our public relations or social media teams who are speaking to kind of a broader audience. They're more the ones who are speaking directly to our patients or consumers. Um and community members at large.
0: Mm-hmm. My next question is what impact does your work in internal communication have on the greater community, the disability community?
1: Well, I guess my biggest hope is um, helping the dis- disability community have a voice and helping bring attention and awareness to those lived experiences and expertise of the disability community. I think there are so many, um, misconceptions and not only misconceptions, but just honestly a hesitation to really even talk about it or to know, to know how to go about talking about disability um, or asking questions like, you know, how can I accommodate your needs? And so that's where I really see um, kind of myself having a foot in that world. I myself do not have a disability, but learning from others in the community and from my experiences, with my daughter who's five and hopefully someday, she, you know, I want her to be a self-advocate and out there and advocating for herself. Um, but that's really my, my greatest uh, hope, so increasing awareness, bringing attention to the voices of people with disabilities, and also um, I guess like some best practices in the corporate world since I work for a large corporation, specifically in healthcare. I'm always looking for, you know, what are some of those best practices? Are there some of those things that organizations have really gotten right? And how can we spread some of those best practices so that we aren't um, reinventing the wheel or trying to take a guess at something without having um, input from the community? So that's where that community voice council, that disability community voice council really comes in and plays a role that I mentioned earlier. It's also where the business resource group comes in And because I've been at the organization for a long time and I've been, I myself am a a leader at Novant Health and then I was a leader of the business resource group, really had an opportunity to advocate on behalf of the group to say, hey, here's what we're hearing. Here's a survey of what our members had to say, you know, what do we, what do we do with this? Um, Here's what we recommend. And so that's been really um, positive, I would say in terms of getting action based on sharing that feedback. We also participate in something called the Disability Equality Index, which is really this national benchmarking tool from Disability In that uh, businesses can use, primarily large businesses, but you can use it to say, hey, um, are we following the best practices or do we need to do things like, for example, focus on making our website more accessible I've heard some statistics like that only 2% of the internet is truly accessible, like things like that. And you're like, okay, well, we have to do better. So I think um, participating in things like that and sharing your experience about things like that is a really a way to hopefully make it spread because we don't want it to be a secret, <laughs> right? This is something everybody can uh, benefit from and needs to, needs to know about. mm
0: mm-hmm. Lastly, what lessons have you learned from, from this particular um, type of career in internal communications? How can communications in healthcare, in the healthcare realm, you know, lead to greater outcomes and be that catalyst for change?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the million dollar question, right, is how do we make and see that change and um I do think following best practices and kind of accountability with tools like the Disability Equality Index um, are important because I think it shows like, hey, we as an organization care about this and we are investing in, in doing these things. So um, so that's not necessarily just internal communications, but it does offer accountability. But I guess in terms of internal communications, what I would say is really tapping into the power of telling stories, just like you're doing through this podcast, right? Um, Sharing stories and experiences, um, I think can really bring some normalization and help people feel more comfortable talking about disability. And so that's something that we've really tried to be intentional about. We try to share stories about some of our team members who have disabilities or maybe who are caregivers people with disabilities. And the more, um, the more I talk about it and share my own personal story about my daughter and some of the challenges she faces and also some of the, her resilience and some of the amazing things she's overcome, the more that, um, I, I hear, oh, my daughter has autism or my son has, you know, um, a disability and so you kind of create these connections and bring it out from I mean this isn't something something that should be hidden or in the dark something to I mean nobody should be feeling shame uh creating that safe space where people can really authentically I think be themselves bring them full selves bring their full selves to work that's really one of the number one um intentions I would say around around what we've done Um, and then, you know, to take that a step further is like, once you have that comfortable space, um, trying to bring more people into the space, like trying to hire more people with disabilities, um, and telling their stories and then, um, really making sure that this, the experience from a customer service standpoint that we're delivering to people is, is inclusive and is meeting their needs, um. I think is really tremendously important and needed and something that we're still honestly learning about. Um, but I think the more that you can talk about it and acknowledge where you're at on that journey and at least have the conversation, that's the only way to move forward. So really the power of um, telling stories and I've done that on social media with my own daughter um, and through, you um, I guess one of the advocacy groups that comes to mind um, with her community is called the Twenty Two Q Family Foundation. So they are always on Facebook sharing stories and pictures and celebrating in the winds and supporting each other through the difficult times. And so um, I think there's real I think there's real power in that, um, especially when it is something that's rare, because nobody should really go through it
0: alone mm-hmm. yeah that that's 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 important <laughs> all right all right everyone that does it for today's episode of my friends of reals podcast today i talk with shannon swagger about her work in internal communication, specifically in the health realm she and I talked a lot about what goes into that type of work and how that really has um, how the health side of things, specifically from a communications perspective, can be very impactful and can really make people aware about the issues going on in the health community, which I think it's really fascinating. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something out of it. I will continue to publish episodes as they become available, but until then, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye, everyone.